And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Just before 2 p.m., an elderly woman drove into the side of the restaurant while trying to park her car. I don't know. Part of me wishes I'd been hit by that car instead. So I could have gotten out of work early and gone far, far away from shift manager Masha's judging emerald eyes. No, I didn't wash my shirt in between shifts, Masha. So what if I smell like roast beef? This whole place smells like roast beef. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Thursday, December 9th. I'm Jay Skeets, and alongside me, as always, oh, we're twins today. It's Tass Mellis. <laughs> <laughs> it's cold in the ATL. Good morning, Machas. <laughs> we also got our top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. We got the international man of mystery taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. And last but not least, making the magic happen, super producer JD. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Take a second. Subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. Like the video. Comment away. And share, share, share the show. Action-packed episode of No Dunks. We're going to try and touch on... Every single game from last night. 13 games in total. We'll do our best to get to them all. But first, guys, oh my, we missed a wedgie. Yes, Sunday night. There was a wedgie in the Pelicans-Rockets game. Mm. It was Willie Hernan Gomez <laughs> with the tip rebound wedgie. And thank God for WedgieTracker.com, because that's where I saw this this morning. I was like, whoa. Oh my God, we blew it. So up to 12 on the season. Uh, we need every single one, Lily, because, you know, we're not on a great pace right now. But wow, I mean, this shit keeps me up at night, man. Yeah, I, These I, lost wedgies that are out there that nobody let us know about or we missed. Yeah, you know, I wonder if we should even count it. I think sometimes we should be punished for just missing it. <laughs> you know? oh my goodness. I mean, come I on. Think, here's what we need. Forget your intern, Lee. We need a wedgie-only intern. <laughs> Scour the box score for every game, every morning. See where there's a jump pull. That gets mm. a that gets a majority of them. There are Big other time. instances where it doesn't hit the play-by-play yeah. play like that. That's yeah. the problem. But, man, um, I also just don't remember seeing a tweet nah. or an Instagram comment. Uh, you know, our fans out there are pretty good at letting us know when this stuff happens. But Tass did. Uh, I guess you didn't see anything either. There was, there was no alert. <laughs> yeah, not to uh, belittle the Rockets and Pelicans, but this is exactly the type of game where a wedgie could get buried. And wedgie Hernan Gomez with the tip there. Um, where's Wancho? Where's Wancho to tell us that his brother is having a wedgie? Uh, unfortunately, uh, that's one that's... Yeah, it happens. How many are out there? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? But anyway, we're at 12, at least ones we've seen this season. And just a friendly reminder, if you see a wedgie, Tweet at your guys at no dunks inc. That's INC, or you can hit us up on, on Instagram in the comment section there. Okay. So one thing about all 13 games. Here we go. Lee, get us started. 
Heat 113, Bucks 104. That's all I'm doing here this morning. I'm just giving you the score. Give me something from the game. Well, it's a bit of a weird one, really. Bucks leading at halftime against the undermanned Heat there. No Jimmy Butler, of course. Or no Jimmy Butler out again and no Bam still. So you would have think the Bucks go into this one as the favorite. But Miami turned it on in the second half and it was all the uh, the new uh, heat there, really. Kyle Lowry, Kayla Marta, Maxi Struess combined for 14 for 28 from three. Giannis pretty uncharacteristically off in this game. P.J. Tucker did a great job. P.J. Tucker almost made himself into a triple-double in this game last night. Played really well, uh, and the Heat came back and win this game. So a uh, bit of an upset, I would have said, for this one, because uh, the Bucks. this is where they went down there, of course, and embarrassed the Heat last year. In fact, they set the, the, the single-game record with 29 threes in Miami. So last night, got a little bit of a taste of their own medicine there with the uh, Heat reigning threes. So uh, upset to start the night off with down in uh, South Beach. Yeah, why were you giggling over there, Taz? <laughs> <laughs> you called it an upset. I agree. Uh, I was just, uh, yeah, I just agree. <laughs> okay. It's still uh, in games, man. You got to get through them. Let's go. Let's that's go. true. We got to have some pace to this. But what do you got, TK, to add to that? Uh, first loss for the Bucks, right? With Giannis, yeah. Drew Holiday, and Chris Middleton in the lineup. We know Giannis turned 27 this week. I think it's fair to ask is he washed up past his prime <laughs> at this point? Uh, but no, this was an upset. Max Struess, what a game. 16, four threes. Kyle Lowry took 21 shots. Yeah. That's pretty weird to see, but they needed it with no Jimmy and no Bam. But we got to keep it moving. Let's yeah. go. Well, here, I want to add so I want to add something. Speaking of guys past their prime, the Heat have tried to play guys like Trevor Reza at the small forward spot last year, way past his prime, to sort of fill in for Jay Crowder, who was their small forward championship guy, the guy who went to the finals. Can't you see uh, a young Caleb Martin who filled in in this one with a nice game, as as Lee mentioned, filling in for that role. I know they're going to start P.J. Tucker in that role most likely, but Caleb Martin, we haven't said it in a while, this guy just bleeds heat culture. I, I think mm-hmm. he was perfect in this one, the way he stole that ball at the end there to seal it. I know you're starting Lowry Robinson, Butler Tucker, and Adebayo, but... This is the kind of game that pays off in the playoffs for the Miami Heat, right? The Heat could throw out one of their young guys who played minutes in this game, like Max Struess or Casey Akpala, who who's in there. He was getting abused by Drew Holiday. Casey Akpala is a power forward. He's getting abused by Drew Holiday. Uh, but uh, him and, and Caleb Martin, this is like a Spurs championship win, right? Like Max Struess, go out there and be Gary Neal, Marco Bellinelli for a few possessions in a, mm-hmm. in a postseason game. Or, yeah, Caleb Martin, go be Trevor Reza. He got to the finals, you know, with the, with the LA Lakers and won a championship. And Max Struess, these guys are all just, you know, playing their parts. And, and this could pay off for a Bucks team. I'm sorry, a Heat team that could, pay, that could go pretty far in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. And if we see the Bucks Heat meet in the playoffs again, Lily, the Heat have Tucker now. Mm. And Tucker if you saw him last night, is telling his guys, I don't need help on Giannis. I'll take him. Now, okay, one game he did. Can he do that over a series? Could he do it again if they meet again? Like, we'll see. He's a great defender, though, and he's confident that he can at least contain uh, the Greek freak. And you wonder, looking way ahead, could that be a weird, like, difference maker in a potential series? Obviously, Tucker was on the Bucks last year winning a championship. 
And now he's in Miami as maybe a potential, potential mm. stopper. And Bam can play Giannis pretty well as well. So yeah, we'll see. Uh, when, when they can body him, it certainly helps. But when Giannis is in full sort of transition yeah. mode, it just makes it a lot, of, a lot harder. And that's what he did against the Suns in the finals, remember? A couple of times he was like, I'm not letting these guys body me because that's when it does uh, even things up a little bit. True. But uh, yeah, PJ was fired up last night. Uh, he wanted to prove a point and he did. Mm-hmm. All right, our next game, Sixers 110, Hornets 106. Tass, take it away. Rematch of Monday's game. Same team, same city. <laughs> this is the old baseball series, and the Sixers swept. That's not easy to do, uh, but it feels like Joel Embiid is getting back to last year's form, where he was the MVP runner-up. He had 19 free throws in this game. That is peak mm. Joel Embiid. He's been back for six games since min- missing a bunch after entering the health and safety protocols. Five of those six games in double-digit free throws. That is Joel Embiid. He only did it twice in his first nine games before he was sidelined with the H&S protocols. So the Sixers 4-2 and two in those games since he's come back, losing those two games by a combined two points. That gets me excited for Embiid versus Rudy Gobert tonight. If Embiid's playing at the peak of his powders, we'll get to the Jazz Wolves. I believe Trey's taking us through that one. I'm sure he's going to take us through Rudy Gobert being criticized for not guarding the center on the opposing team, Carl Anthony Towns. Relax, everybody. But he will have to guard Joel Embiid. So I'm looking forward to 76ers Jazz this evening. Yeah, and B just <laughs> he's uh he's turned into beast and bead here lately. I don't know how much you caught of this game last night, but it was like Monday night where he's yep. just just bullying the much smaller Hornets. Yeah, I mean, the Hornets hung in this game as well. They were a chance there. But but uh, when you see Embiid physically able to move around like that and just show his total dominance, it's very, very different for the, the whole Sixers because he's such a bully. And now we talked as well about they're undersized anyway, uh, Charlotte, and uh, he just feasted on them last night, made them foul him, got to the free throw line. So a really dominant, impressive performance by the guy who should dominate uh, a game like that. I think I saw some people on... You know, Sixers Twitter saying, uh-oh, asshole Embiid is back, Trey. Uh, you know, with like the the playing to the crowd, are you not entertained? And obviously just dominating over this last little stretch. And it's it's sort of true. I mean, that was missing for the first chunk of this season. And then, of course, he was out in the lineup for a while. It's nice to see that part back. He's having to figure out exactly how he wants to play this year. He was taking too many jumpers before he went out with COVID. If you look at his shot chart from last night, there are five shots inside the basket. How is that possible? It's because the Hornets are really small and Embiid is a beast. He's making it a point to get closer to the hoop, and it's paying off because he's one of the biggest, strongest, fastest guys out there. You should be dunking more than shooting 16-footers. Our next game, Pacers 122, Knicks 102. I'll take this one. First things first. Bing bong is now ding dong. Is that right, Lily? Because, woo, <laughs> man. The Knicks, what is going on here? Not a pretty record suddenly. Um, nice uh, nice dunk from Obi Toppin on the uh, fast break through the legs in the game early. And it was like a seven-point game uh, showing off. But really impressive victory here from the Pacers, especially uh, making a bunch of news over the last couple days with all of their guys possibly on the trade block and them looking into rebuilding. Here's what I wanted to add from this game, though. Because I saw that Seth Partnow... Sam Vecini and Danny LaRue, they had a great athletic article yesterday discussing trade scenarios for Sabonis and Turner and Karis LeVert. But within that article, there was this part that I want to read to you guys from, I believe Sam Vecini had this part. Quote, there's a pretty real case for the Pacers exploring the market for Chris Duarte if they really 
truly are entering a rebuild, right? He'd, bundle, he'd be one of the most sought-after assets in the league among a t- contender class that has bracingly little flexibility by way of trade because of salary cap constrictions. Duarte can help a contender now more than a rebuilding team, and his salary is extremely cheap. Because he's already 24, there's a case he'll never be more valuable than he is now. If the team decides to totally rebuild as opposed to just retool on the fly, I think there's a real case for moving him. I legitimately think a team could give up multiple first-rounders worth of value for Duarte. Uh, End quote. Don't do this, Indiana. I understand what Sam Vecini is saying. That, yeah, you probably could get a first-round pick or two maybe back for this guy. Don't do it, though. This is the last thing you should be doing. Yes, he's 24. Okay, he's an old rookie. Ha, ha, ha. But 23 points last night, 9 of 11 shooting. You know, hit some threes. Showed off his playmaking, too, there. He had a sort of a a team-high six assists, tying at least six assists. This is a a guy you keep, Lee. This is a guy you do not look to move, even if he is maybe one of the more valuable ones because of his contract and, and what he could bring to a contender. Uh, but he is the real deal, I think, for like a guy that will play another decade and be be this and a better version of it. Yeah, uh, but if he can hit those threes, you can see there would be some interest there for him. I, I'm not sure he gets multiple first-round picks, but I can see a team saying, like, you know, again, a mature-age rookie who's like, that's what we do want on our, on our roster here because he can help out. But uh, if you're the Pacers, obviously the other three guys, I think, are the first ones you're looking to move if you are going for this complete rebuild. And they all showed out last night. So it was actually a really good performance in that respect. They played really well. They all had a great game and they got a convincing victory. So uh, it was a good display there from the Pacers. I, I, I sort of talked yesterday. I wonder if they maybe rest a guy here or two with one of those uh, mystery injuries. But instead, maybe the uh, instruction is like, no, actually go out there. An audition. We want guys to play well. And they got a very good win uh, against the Knicks. And the Knicks, after a good win the night before on the road, didn't do my scientific theory that they play better on the road any uh, any good last night. They uh, they were pretty ordinary, really. I mean, getting blown out there by the Pacers. Yeah. I thought it was interesting, sorry, Tass, to hear Pacers coach Rick Carlisle address the whole attendance thing. He said after the game, we need to win our fans over and get more people back in the building. That's important to us. <laughs> don't really hear that from a head coach all that often, I, w- I would say. Um, but we've been talking about that with Indiana. There's no spark to them. You know, they're this, like, 500 club. They're maybe getting into the play and maybe getting into the playoffs, probably lose. They've got good players, not great players, hence a rebuild. And here he is sort of addressing that. Like, you know, we need to play, obviously, like we did last night and have a little energy. It is interesting. And the articles on The Athletic are also saying um, that the Pacers are really transparent with their players. They won't just come out and tell them, hey, you just got traded. They're actually informing them that you're kind of in talks, which is also interesting, according to you know the, the front office. And Kevin Pritchard is, is, is leading that. Yeah, Rick Carlisle looking up into the swaths of empty seats and saying, I thought this was basketball country that I came to. <laughs> uh, listen, this was Pacers-Knicks. This is exactly what they needed, but I was not tuning into this basketball game because there isn't a buzz. There isn't hope. I was watching Wizards-Pistons over this game. The Pistons are the worst team in the National Basketball Association. But what do they got? They got hope. You can sell that. They have rebuilt. They've, they've changed the way they... Uh, the roster is made up and they've made themselves the worst team in the NBA uh, on purpose uh, because they want to go in a different direction. I love a bunch of the Pacers, but there, there, there really isn't that pop, uh, that, 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 that spark. It's, it's lacking in, in Indiana. And I, I think that the point about the Chris Duarte, hey, maybe a couple first round picks, I, it, it sounds like a lot. 
uh, for a guy who's just traded and, and I'm sorry, was just drafted, drafted. And, yep. and and he looks very good. But um, I think you you have all these guys apparently you know up for sale and. You hope that someone overpays for one of them because it, it is beauty is eye in the, the beauty is in the eye of the beholder. So uh, if somebody wants to overpay a couple first round picks for Duarte or a couple first round picks for Miles Turner, they're not going to trade all of these guys. But if there's somebody uh, that teams are bidding, you know. Uh, against each other for then at least one of these guys will be overpaid for hopefully right. if you're the indiana pacers yeah and the pacers are in no for, rush either yeah i think if you can get two picks for duarte trade him in a second what do you think chris duarte shooting from three on the season well you ask it so it's probably a lot lower than i would assume yeah 34 percent 35 percent i mean okay. league average to me he's going to be landry shamit like he's going to be able to play in the league forever he's going to be a great shooter that's fine but i mean like you're saying, Skeets, and like uh, uh, Danny LaRue, Seth Partnow, we're all saying, he's not a piece for a rebuilding team. He's a piece for a contending team. Right, right. The Pacers are going to be a rebuilding team. Two first-round picks for a guy that kind of dropped to you, that's how you actually rebuild. Yeah, I mean, these picks are going to be protected. Like, these aren't, like, unprotected. Uh, you know, yeah, but you can find a Duarte. You can find a Landry yeah, Shaman late in the I first I think he's round. better than you're maybe making him out to be here through whatever 20 games or so, 25 games in the league. I think he's really good. Um, I think he's better than a Shamit. I'll say that. But I mean, but remember, remember the Probably hype not. of Landry Shamit, his rookie well, year? Landry Shamit shot 42% from three his rookie right. year. And people were talking about him as a piece for the Sixers when he big went three the, in the playoffs. Big three in the playoffs. When he went to the Clippers, that was a big deal. When he went Duarte's to the. Duarte's a way better defensive player. I think he's a way better playmaker than Shamit. I mean, yeah, okay, he's not hitting 40% from three yet, but I think he could get to that level. And he's got great release. Okay. Good I, point, just, I, I, mean, I, I just don't I, think I'd move him. Is like. For, if, unless part, unprotected if you can pick. bring back good picks and if you can bring back a good player and the team that you're dealing with says, we got to have Duarte, that is not a deal breaker to me. Okay, in the least. okay fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I think the Pacers, they got one that they got right here with a late pick, you know, a lottery pick. Where'd he go? Uh, where'd he fall in the draft? 12, 14. I yeah, it's not 13 or something like that. But uh, I, I think they've got one they should keep there and, of course, move these other guys. But I hear what you're saying. Uh, maybe I'm not a higher on them than you are. Our next game. Ugh. Cavaliers 115, Bulls 92. Uh, Bulls are shorthanded here, but uh, TK, what did you think of this one? Bulls were no doubt shorthanded. They're decimated with injuries and COVID. And it proved to be too much against the Cavs, but I don't really think that's much of an excuse. Basically the same team that they had against the Nuggets and they went out and beat them. The effort just wasn't the same for the Bulls as it was against Denver. And the Cavs defense is a much worse matchup for a starting lineup that really doesn't have any three-point shooting. Give the Bulls Chris Duarte. I'd love to see that. But the Cavs just have so much length. They were able to pack the paint against the Bulls and dare a three-point shooting team that, you know, I think the Bulls are 28th in threes this year. Could not beat the Cavs from the outside. Chicago shot 7 of 26 from three. Cleveland went 13 of 28. That's really the game but it was also the defense. Evan Mobley, the, man, this guy was incredible last night. 16 points on 8 of 11 shooting. He was too big for Io Desumu early on in the game. He had nine rebounds, an assist, a couple of steals, and five blocks, which seems like he should have had more. I could have swore that Evan Mobley blocked like 10 shots in that game last night, the way he was holding it down in the paint. Needed a big game from Vucci to really have a chance in this one, but he was back to dork mode. 18 points on 8 of 23 <laughs> shooting, 1 of 7 from 3. He had a ton of open threes. He had a ton of little dinkers and dumpers over the smallies for the Cavs. 
could not finish. He's 41% from the field on the season as a seven-footer, 34 from three, 63 at the line. Just has not found his shot yet. It's still early enough to turn it around, but he's the V-factor for the Bulls. When he plays well, they look unbeatable, and when he's bad, Vooch, it's bad. But disappointing, understandable for the Bulls. An excellent win, though, I thought, for the Cavs. They really kicked the Bulls when they were down, dominated on both ends. They won from three. They won inside. They won on the glass. They won the bench battle. They were better on offense. They were better on defense. Dominant performance. The Cavs are back. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, this yeah, Cavs are a, back. Can't deny it. Yeah. This is not one of those losses that Bulls like were just embarrassing. They were outplayed at both ends of the floor. And uh, talking about Evan Mobley's blocks, was that a block or a steal on Zach Levine that time when he went inside and basically just mugged the ball out of his hands? I mean, I'm yeah. not sure what the official box score right. said. but yeah, I think he again, got a steal because the Cavs broadcasters were yelling, that's a block, and that he had five blocks at that point. So I was thinking, mm, man, well, this guy's getting a triple-double. Yeah. Yeah. I thought he was he's getting got... a triple-double with blocks. I thought he was wow. going to get there. Like, like Trey <laughs> said, I, I thought he was going to get there. But, yeah, they did. They gave him a steal instead, and then the number just didn't tick up. But he was altering shots all over the place. He's yeah. going to be a potential 5 by 5 guy, totally. right? You can see that happen. You know, get, get a couple deflection steals, obviously can get the blocks, and can probably do enough of the other stuff, too, to get you to the, to the five, at least, in each category. Uh, the Twitter buzz last night with him, Lee, was like, as a rookie, is he going to make an all-defensive team? Uh, he's in that conversation. He's at that table. He's in the restaurant. Uh, will oh, wow. There? We have a restaurant and <laughs> tables for the all-defensive teams? I didn't yeah. know this. Yeah. I mean, crap. usually that's that tends to be an award that you have to earn over years. But, yeah. uh, but uh, you know, I'm not sure if there has been a rookie who's made, certainly first team, uh, it, it would seem unlikely. But, look, he's everywhere. And he's more than just the stat guy. Like, it's not just that he's getting the blocks and the steals. He affects shots. And he changes the way guys, when they go into the paint, he's always there because he's long, he's athletic, and he gets up there and can test shots. So, uh, he's yeah, he's in that, uh, you know, in, in that conversation for sure. Kind yeah. of shot at second team. Second team. If, yeah. if you look at the names... Gobert, Draymond, Yanis, Mikel Bridges. Like, there's three front court spots. Those four are probably all locks. And so, you know, three and that three, obviously, on each team. So there's six spots. Gobert, Draymond, Yanis, Bridges, and Bede. And it gets a little, you know, yeah. a little. A lot, a lot of season left, of course. He's, I mean, can be close. Did, did Duncan make a all-defensive team in his rookie season? I, I was sort of Feels Probably. So. Yeah, probably. Uh, but I can't think of any others off the top of my head, Lee. Um, yeah. Guards or forwards, because you're right. It usually takes a couple of years to establish uh, a, a rookie on the on the defensive end. But he is awesome, and he, he's definitely deserving to be at least in the conversation earlier in the season here. So nice win from the Cavaliers. Pretty dominant performance there. Okay, second team all defense for Tim Duncan as a rookie. Oh, okay, there you right. go. Nice. Um, could you tell if that was? Oh, you just looked up Duncan. We don't know if anybody else has done it. I, I just looked up yeah. Duncan. All right, let us know, stream team. Somebody uh, out there. Uh, Hit basketball reference up. Let us know if there's any other rookies that have made an all-defensive team over the last, whatever, 20 years or so. Okay. A game we know Tass was watching, but we'll go to you firstly. Wizards 119, Pistons 116 in overtime. Yeah, probably shouldn't have been overtime, but it did get there. And then in overtime, Kyle Kuzma hits another big corner three. And boy, did he break out the celebrations. He had the finger guns out. And then he also, he's from Michigan. He was waving to both the fans who were there in attendance last night. And uh, the Wizards picked up a very, very 
Well, in the end, they got the win, but they nearly blew it there. Uh, Bradley Beal turned the ball over late at the end of the fourth quarter. Jeremy Grant had to go to the free throw line, made two free throws and did. But despite the loss, I want to just point this out. Kate Cunningham in overtime was actually really, really good. He scored eight of the Pistons' 10 points, and all of them were attacking the paint, driving inside, trying to get really high percentage looks, finished with his left hand, really showed a lot of maturity Maturity for a rookie, didn't settle for any jumpers and didn't try to play any hero ball, played high percentage basketball. So the uh, Pistons had a chance in this game. They made them, they forced themselves back into it, but the Wizards get the win. And uh, Kuz, he's getting quite the highlight reel of big time fourth quarter and especially corner threes. Last night uh, did it again. So well done to him and the Wiz. Yeah, Tass, anything to add to the uh, Wizards' victory here? Kyle Kuzma waving goodbye to the crowd? Yeah, I tuned into this one mostly late, fourth quarter and overtime, and, and I was I was kind of depressed uh, watching this game because oh. uh, I, just, I just thought to myself, I'm watching Wizards-Pistons here. I could be <laughs> doing other things. Uh, I've got a family. Uh, I've got, you know, books in my bookcase. I could be, you know watching something else more entertaining, but I'm watching Wizards Pistons. Uh, so it was a little depressing, um, to be honest, but... Um, I mean, you, you do get paid for it. At the yeah, least. well, I don't have to. I watched, you know, you know, you know how immersed I was in basketball last night? It was 13 <laughs> games, and I'm watching Wizards Pistons. That has to be the last one on the docket. I would say. Yeah, but you make it sound like you're sitting there, like, crying while, while yeah. you're watching it. It's a clockwork orange. They're, like, holding his eyes open to watch it. Yeah, well, it is the Wizards and Pistons. Uh, but uh, I, I was watching because, you know, the Pistons and Cade Cunningham, who finished off this game real, real nice, It there's a story there. There, There is uh, – there is hope there, and and James Edwards on The Athletic wrote about it today. He said, this is the worst team in the NBA. People are talking about OKC having to be relegated, but let's get serious here. The Pistons are the worst team in the NBA. Are they in a better position than when they started this rebuild slash tank? They are. They are in a better position because they do have that hope, and uh, the Wizards should have been a team, even though you know we're at 15-11 with this team and, and their expectations were lower than that. Uh, they should have smacked this Pistons team, and I think uh, they are going to come back down to earth. They are not as good as that 15-11 and 11 record would indicate, and they've got a tough schedule coming, and they get down to teams really early. I think uh, part of the, you know, the, the overachievement, I think, of guys like Kuzma and Harrell, who are playing well, uh, kind of overshadows that they get out to these bad starts, especially because Beal and Dinwiddie haven't played a lot together. It looks like they're not on the same page a lot of the time. It looks like they're playing two different games. So the Wizards should have smacked, and I think they're going to lose uh, a few of their upcoming games and come back to the 500 earth uh, uh, pretty soon because uh, they're, just, they're playing a little over their heads, IMO. Yeah, I guess uh, someone else that was watching that game was LeBron James, was he not? Or at least he saw the highlight of Kyle Kuzma hitting the three. Mm. I think yeah, he dropped he a wasn't watching, man. <laughs> or something like on Twitter last night. Uh, if it makes you feel better, yeah. Tass, uh, I only watched the shitty games last night. I just did the math really <laughs> quick here. The average margin of defeat in the games I really immersed myself in, 18 points. And I say they're shitty because Charlie Knockout mentions here Wiz and Piss. That's the number one matchup <laughs> of the night. <laughs> well done, Charlie. Yeah, uh, Charlie. Okay. A couple, a uh, couple more games until we take our first break because we actually have a ton of games still to get to. Uh, let's go to the Mavericks 104, Grizzlies 96. Um, Tass, what, what do you got from this one? Well, it was a bit of an ugly game uh, at the end uh, because uh, Dylan Brooks was. 
pissed. <laughs> Back to the number one piss and whiz. Uh, Dylan Brooks was uh, so mad with the officiating in this one. The Grizz, understandably mad with some of the officiating. They weren't getting calls, uh, but the Mavericks stole this game in the fourth quarter. They pulled away a good Mavericks win after uh, losing the night before against the Nets. Uh, but uh, Memphis yeah, wasn't wasn't playing hard enough to win this game, and they got some bad calls against them. Uh, and then they were angry, so they had four techs against them in the last half of the of the fourth quarter. And Dylan Brooks, the you know the biggest star of them all, because he was tossed with 27 seconds left. I think it was a bit of theater where he just wanted to yell at everyone and say, <laughs> "Hey, I really care about this team." He was going after each ref one by one. Uh, as he was tossed, uh, the, his, his assistants, uh, the Grizzly assistants had to come grab him off the floor and get him off the floor. But he was going pointing at each guy, each referee saying, you suck, you suck, <laughs> you suck too. And, uh, and then he demanded that he go to the podium, go do a press conference according to our Joe Varden. He said, I want to talk about this. And uh, now he's going to get twenty fine $25,000 because he yeah. said the refs suck, essentially. <laughs> and they made it all about them. Quote, uh, that was a bunch of bull. They made it all about them. Now, they, they definitely had some bad calls in this game. And uh, Memphis was... Uh, it was a good place to play if you remember the playoffs, or a good place to watch a game, I should say, and a good place to play if you're a, a Grizzlies fan uh, because they yell, they scream, and there was a lot of refs you suck chance in the fourth <laughs> quarter, and deservedly so. There was there was some bad calls, uh, but uh, Dylan Brooks, you know, he went off, and, and he all, then he then he said, yeah, but we also suck too. Uh, we should have played a lot better, and that's what happened. But a good win, a good win for the Mavericks to steal that thing because we talked the night before about the Mavericks not being able to beat the Nets and. Uh, they went and won an ugly game, which is not what you think about when you think about Mavericks basketball. That's right. Um, John Morant, I think, is coming back somewhat soon here lately, uh, by all accounts. But Grizzlies dropped their first one without him in the lineup. Tom Ziller says uh, in his newsletter this morning that that's just good. That's just good teammates there. The Grizzlies don't want to <laughs> yeah, look like yeah, they don't want to be wrong. undefeated without John Morant. Yeah. So they almost like threw this game as he gets closer to a return to make him feel really wanted. So yeah, well, yeah. well done. <laughs> yeah, that, that that's an important thing for the team here. But they look, they did really well to hang in there without John Morant. So uh, great for them. But also Luka Doncic, he was a little bit questionable coming into this game. Nearly finished with the rare quadruple double. He had the nine turnovers, but he actually sort of steered his team to victory here. And, and that's, I think, what is important. It's like, just get a win. They needed a win badly. This was a team they should beat, and they did. So uh, well done there for uh, for the Mavericks and Doncic bouncing back after the night before. Didn't yeah, Jaw enter health and safety protocols, though? Oh, yeah. right. Yeah. He did. Yes, he did. I, no. I There's a lot of that going on right it's now. It's impossible yeah. to keep track. track. Injuries, yeah. Injury was, yeah, yeah improving, yeah. but then... Yesterday, yep, you're in healthy, safe protocols. And he said he's fully vaccinated, reportedly fully vaccinated, and the booster. Uh, so hopefully he'll be back. Yeah, I had totally forgotten about that. Uh, good to see Luca hit the three, though. Like you said, Lily hit five. And then Reggie Bullock, too. Remember we were talking about him and how he couldn't hit a three-pointer to save his life this season. He hit four of six last night. Tim Hardaway Jr. struggled off the bench, uh, just one of six from downtown. But they also just didn't take as many uh, as they had uh, the night or two prior there where they were. I forget what their average was. They shot under 20%, but they took a whole lot. Only 33 uh, attempts last night and, you know, hit a, a pretty average number of them, but that's fine. Got to come big contributions there from at least one of your sharpshooters there in Bullock to get the victory. All right, our final game before the break. Rockets 114, Nets 104. Now, there are two things that I wanted to bring up from this game. First one, Harden makes his return to, like, the fan-filled Toyota Center. 
you know, after being traded from the Rockets last season. No hard feelings by all accounts, right? Crowd gave him a standing ovation. They had the tribute video uh, playing during the game. And then Harden went with the uh, the old heart symbols. Threw up the heart symbols. Put James it, put Harden. One, yeah, James Harden. Uh, and so my question for you, uh, uh, Trey, was, you know, you're in this scenario. You played eight, nine years for a franchise. You're, you're one of the greatest to ever do it. You, you leave sort of under, uh, you know, rough conditions, but you come back and you do get the warm reception. What's your go-to... Uh, you know, hand signal to the crowd. <laughs> you go hearts? Do you go, you know, like, bless you, thank you? Do you, do you clap for them? Do you kisses like Lee would do, like he's watching Kyle Korver shoot threes? Yeah, what's your move? It's a great question, Skeet. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for asking. What's my go-to uh, hand signal here? Tough I one. probably wouldn't go with the hand signal, if I'm being quite honest. Oh. Uh, maybe I would go with some clapping. Hands out to the crowd. Thank you very much. And then... I'm getting down on the floor and I'm giving a quick Oh wow kiss to the half court logo. <laughs> and then wow. maybe maybe if they're really feeling it, then I'll go with some I love you signs. You know? Okay. I love you. Love you. Rock and roll. Also, I love you. Uh, that to me is the ultimate I love you sign. Okay. <laughs> um, as compared to making a heart with your hands. I don't know why, but I, I never go for the heart. I would yeah, prefer to either. go for, you know. Mm. What about just straight brownies for you, Trey? (laughs) (laughs) Show them the nips. Thanks for having me back, everyone. (laughs) Love you too, you stay your nips. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, same question, Lee. What are you doing, man? Well, I I mean, yeah, the Corver Kisses... I don't know if that's sort of is relevant to come out to the fans and like is that I mean oh, that's uh, nice yeah I mean I guess if that's your sort of go to move when you were there then the, the whole arena. crowd could be catching them oh yeah yeah right? throwing them back as well yeah yeah actually why not that's fine yeah I don't want to sort of put my lips on the dirty floor where everyone's shoes have been so uh, <laughs> True. you know the good COVID point protocol. Yeah. yeah very good point okay I don't know. Uh, a task why not I mean, uh, I mean what, I, what I'm licking around? I'm licking the floor I'm licking, licking the floor that's how much I appreciate everything Everybody in that building. <laughs> Remember that Hidu Turkaloo clip that we did? He just made his return and he and he licked his hands and wiped them all over himself for like the first minute. That oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he went like full Steve Nash. Yeah. 100% Nash licking, licking fingers. Uh, all right. Well, the other part from the actual game, Rockets guard Garrison Matthews. Gary Bird, <laughs> it has stuck. They're saying it on the broadcast. I'm seeing people man. tweet it. He is Gary Bird. Is it two two R's in Gary? I think you have to, right? Yeah. Because of Larry? Yeah. Okay, I just wanted to confirm that. So Gary Bird, Garrison Matthews, he scored 12 of his 19 in the fourth quarter. He had a key steal on Harden there to help secure the win. You also had Josh Christopher. Who? Josh Christopher. Yeah. He was celebrating his 20th birthday. He's a rookie, obviously, for the Rockets. He scored a career high 18. Perfect 7-7 seven seven from the field. He had four threes. Now, look, the Nets were, out, were without Kevin Durant, but they're still a decent team. They were without some other guys as well. And Houston here, Tass, they've won seven in a row after losing 15 straight. The, the, the streak continues here, but it was weird or wild to see Gary Bird continue to ball out. And then now Josh Christopher had a big dunk in this, too. Gary Bird? I just looked up the box score. He went three from 11 from three last night. <laughs> Gary Bird. What? He went 3 and, 11 Well, that's three. like, I mean, that's like, uh, <laughs> what? Larry Bird probably would have shot around those I know. Yeah. Too, right? That's like a it full a... season for Larry Bird. Yeah, that's yeah. So yeah, that's true. That's true. That's a good point. Attempts. I'm sorry. I got what? confused because I thought you said Josh Christopher did that. I was like, no, he didn't. He was perfect. Okay, yeah, Gary Bird. But um, 
Wow, Tass, anything to add to the Rockets, man? This is unbelievable. Yeah, the day after Larry Bird's 65th birthday, Gary Bird, uh, he was hitting the floor, though. Did you see the steal on James Harden? James Harden tried to walk the dog, and Gary Bird was getting on his knees there. Uh, yeah, he's a white guy who can shoot a little bit, um, so they've started calling him Gary Bird. And it is it is sticking. Um, but yeah, is yeah. How long is it gonna stick? Oh come on! Adam yeah. Reed mentions three times eleven equals thirty-three. Gary is Larry confirmed, and it is his month, as Taylor Stein points out. Gary, Gary Christmas. Is- <laughs> okay. Okay. Gary, Gary Dinkness. I'm now saying Gary Christmas. Oh, I love it. Hey, another good line too from uh, Zilla's newsletter this morning. Uh, Stephen Silas was on the hot seat. You know. Before this hot streak, now he's on the hot streak for winning too much. They're like, yeah, 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 yeah." back it up there. Great stuff. (laughs) Uh, This this is wild. This streak continues, though, and they are getting contributions from him. And Eric Gordon, uh, Tass, 21. And people do think that's a guy that teams are calling about to try and get on their roster, being a vet. And you could see him in a a six-man, seventh-man role, um, you know, maybe even spot starter minutes, depending on an injury or two. If you're a contender, I think Eric Gordon makes some sense. And... You would believe the Rockets would be open to receiving calls about him. Everybody's got to be asking about him. It's not going to cost you two first-round picks. No way uh, (laughs) for Eric Gordon at this point of his career. But, yeah, I was watching the Heat yesterday play, uh, and I talked about, you know, the depth on their roster a little bit. They've got so many young guys on their roster. They also hope to get Victor Oladipo back at some point. Maybe if he doesn't come back, Eric Gordon could fill in very nicely. They need a Mm. little bit more... uh, of those vets on the bench, as I said. Like, it's a little Spurs feel with the the Heat. You know, he could be a little Gary Neal, Marco Bellinelli, come hit some shots off the bench for sure. But, yeah, you got to love the Rockets. It's it's pretty exciting for them. Uh, Josh Christopher, 20th birthday. Uh, uh, the, the, listen, I, I don't know much about him. He's their first-round pick. He's exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, the thing I know about him is that he's the brother of Patrick Christopher, the guy who looked like LeBron James. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow, really? oh. Yeah, the guy who looked like LeBron sitting behind LeBron. Yeah. Eating some, I don't know, Bojangles or something there with the hat. And LeBron tweeted about it, my doppelganger. Uh, yeah, that's his bro, Patrick Christopher, who played in the league for a sec. But uh, the Nets loss, gross. I went through the Nets roster yesterday thinking that they would all sort of come on there that they were coming on behind Kevin Durant and then yeah it's unfortunate Harden didn't have a good game but you know when Harden doesn't have a good game and do they have enough help are, are, I was hoping for their sake that they're getting enough help but they obviously didn't uh in this one if if Harden has a bad one I don't know if they can do it without Durant uh only because you've brought his name up twice now uh Gary Neal do you think he's upset that he was never called Gary Bird I mean his name is Gary <laughs> Larry mm. Neal, <laughs> not white enough, Gary. Sorry. Yeah, I mean Garrison. It's not even. It's not even Gary. We're just calling him Gary Bird. Okay. Uh, yeah, he's uh, he's also not white, which you have to be if you're getting a Gary Bird or a Larry Bird. Yeah, uh, but hey, some know. good compilations of Larry Bird uh, showing how freaking good he was because people yeah. forget. People forget the guy could play <laughs> basketball. He wasn't just a white man. You think because people be- forget that Larry Bird was good at basketball? Uh, yeah. Because <laughs> I don't. A hundred percent. One-on-one, who you, are you taking? I think he's Gary Bird one. or Larry Bird? What, what? One-on-one, who are you taking? Gary, <laughs> Gary Bird or Larry Bird? Bird. Bird. Wow, well, I mean, he's a lot more athletic, I would think. Gary's a lot more, yeah. But I'm taking Larry, come on. See, see? But you guys are, you guys are exactly the, in, in Twitter.com mode right now. Larry Bird wasn't athletic? The guy was freaking athletic. 
Like yeah. he could move on a basketball floor. That's why everyone says, oh, he's white. He can't play in today's age. People think he's too. He was athletic. Lee, old man, help me out here. Larry Bird was athletic, God, right? I think Absolutely, it. yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, his, his early stuff, there's a lot of dunks and a lot of uh, really athletic plays, but the back obviously really slowed yeah. him down those last four or five years. But uh, that play against the Houston Rockets in the 81 finals where he misses the shot, runs in, grabs his own offensive rebound, he's going out of court, and then he flips it up with his left hand. I mean, that's outstanding athleticism there from Larry. Yeah, let's Lawrence. see that, Gary Bird. I'd love yeah. to see Garrison Matthews trying yeah. to do that. Uh, Gary gonna... Bird would wax Larry Bird. <laughs> get out of here. There's going to be a take like that. Someone on Twitter is going to get that take on, and then people will engage with it, and it'll be one of those things, you know. People just uh, – that's what happens on Twitter. It gets stupid, but – uh, listen, the, the compilation was was great. Lots of dunks. And so I'm going to share that. And also, it's a good thing you brought up that Larry Bird stole the ball. Bird stole the ball because that's what right. the Rockets said when yep. Gary Matthews got on his hands and knees and stole the walk a dog from James Hardy. He said, Bird stole the ball. Uh, and he, I, don't, I don't even know if he could really commit to that because it's freaking Garrison Matthews. But he, he kind of half committed because <laughs> uh, it's Gary Matthews. Uh, I, I was just going to say, we have to take a break here, but his name is Garrison. Did he go by Gary? Like, with his friends and family and teammates? Does anybody know, know the answer? Or, like, do you call him Gary? Yeah, I don't know either. I don't know his friends and family that well, but I'll try and follow up with him. Well, I also friends. don't know a Garrison in my life, so I've never had the ability to possibly call a Garrison Gary. No, I would have definitely any of you. call him. <laughs> I definitely would call him you, Gary if uh, I met him. Yeah, yeah really. Gary, how are you? You had a Y to everything, you crazy <laughs> Australians. Uh, all right, let's take our first break. When we come back, we will get to the, uh, hold on, quick math here. What? Six other games from last night. Don't go anywhere. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. It's NBA playoffs time, and that means NBA snack time. I can't stop eating while I'm watching. So many options in my house that I got to cut out a bit. I got to switch it up, but I know I'm not giving up. Sunflower seeds? Sure. But maybe something that's not a food for that oral fixation, perhaps? Good thought. Here's a breath of fresh air. Fume. Fume takes your habit and simply makes it better, healthier, and more enjoyable. Fume is an innovative, award-winning flavored air device. Instead of vapor, Fume uses flavored air. Instead of electronics, Fume is completely natural. And instead of harmful chemicals, Fume uses delicious flavors. You get it. Instead of bad, Fume is good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy and makes replacing your bad habit easy. Its taste is surprising. All natural stuff. It's fun to fidget with, and it's a good weight. The wood feels good, and it feels cool to use. Start the good habit by going to tryfume.com dunks and getting the journey pack today. 
Fume is giving listeners to the show 10% off when they use our code DUNKS to help make starting the good habit that much easier. All right, back with no dunks. Going to touch on the remaining games, remaining games, excuse me, from last night, though I just saw that the Raptors have canceled their practice today out of an abundance of caution due to health and safety protocols. Okay, that's the Raptors. And this is on the heels of the Indiana Pacers doing the exact same thing. Um, Knicks just played the Pacers. Knicks are headed to the Raptors, are up into Toronto, up into Canada. Who knows if they're linked at all, but that's what's going on as we try and keep track of all this craziness. Okay, back to the games, yeah, though. Let me, hold on. Let me add, let, let me say the Pacers there. Let me add this, uh, this quote from Miles Turner on a, an article just published on The Athletic. This is good considering that he is obviously in trade talks. This is his quote, latest article with Jared Rice on The Athletic. He said, quote, it's clear that I'm not valued as anything more than a glorified role player here, and I want something more, more opportunity. I'm trying really hard to make that role that I'm given here work and find a way to maximize it. I've been trying the past two or three seasons, but it's clear to me that just numbers-wise, I'm not valued as more than a rotational role player, and I hold myself in a higher regard than that. Woo! That's that's right. the, those are spicy words in the uh, yeah. NBA sphere, for sure. Not holding back. Uh, trade me. Let me show what I can do <laughs> for some other team. Miles Turner is a fascinating player when you see the reaction to people on Twitter, yeah. let's say. Like, some people are like, they agree with Miles Turner. They're like, no, wait till he's on, a, like, a, a, like a, let's say, a good team or above average team. People will be like going nuts over him. Like, oh, this guy's so amazing for, you know, his position and what he can do both on both ends of the floor. And then the other extreme, Lee, is like, no, he, he is basically a role player. And. He's not as good as everybody maybe thinks he is. It's like this really, really like wide spectrum uh, that people uh, cast their opinion about Miles Turner on. Yeah, and I think it's right both times. You know, you have games where he has those seven threes, and it's like, wow, this guy is a big floor spacing uh, big guy, and he can block shots. I mean, he's led the league in blocks before, but he doesn't really get the respect as a defensive player of the year. I remember a couple of years ago, he was really pissed when he didn't win it. So he's one of those guys who does contribute, but I think sometimes you just wonder exactly how impactful that those contributions are. But I definitely think he needs a fresh start to see, you know, go to a better team, go to a different team and just mm-hmm. see if someone can uh, make him into a better player than, than he's really, than we're seeing in Indiana anyway. I just voted on YouTube for our poll. Who yep. wins a one-on-one game? Larry Bird or Gary Bird? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Larry, Larry Bird's winning. It's close, though. It's <laughs> <Yeah>. 55-45. <laughs> Gary's on the board. <laughs> oh, it, who, you ha- so Larry has more votes? That's what you yeah. said? Yeah. Okay. yeah. I mean, I just voted, so maybe if I refresh, you know, things things are hot here on our YouTube channel, the YouTube community tab, if that's where it's happening. Uh, 55, 33 votes, 55-45. It's a close one. Larry and Gary. It's oh. also on Twitter right now, too, at No Dunks Inc. as well. And Gary Bird is winning that one. He has more votes on Twitter. So you oh. called it task. That is a Twitter take right there. Uh, oh. Saying the modern player would wax uh, the a Hall of Fame legend who we've all forgot is good at basketball. But it's absolutely <laughs> true. Gary Bird would wipe the floor with Larry Bird. Oh, and we wow. give a quick little at the center court logo. All right. Oh, yeah. All right. I just voted for Gary, on, Bird on, Gary Bird on Twitter. I voted for Larry Bird on YouTube. <laughs> okay, great, great. Uh, let's go to the Warriors 104, Blazers 94. Trey, what do you got? This game was ridiculous. All night long, it was billed as Steph Curry is going to break the all-time three-point record tonight. Not could break. He is going to break it as if he were one shot away from the record 
Honestly, everybody thought it was possible. Steph said it was possible. Steve Kerr said it was possible. We all thought it was possible. The broadcaster certainly thought it was possible. Steph even said, I'm going to take about 18 attempts. So all he needed to do was go a cool 16 for 18 from three to pass Ray Allen and break Clay Thompson's single game record all at once. And it's only when you say it out loud that you realize how ridiculous it sounds. It's like tuning into a baseball game and being like, Today is the day that Barry Bonds hits five home runs. Yeah. It's possible. No one has done it <laughs> since the balls were made of human skin, but it is possible. And that is the power of Steph Curry. He convinces you that the impossible is likely. He got up 17 three-pointers last night, and he made six of them. And the Warriors were really going out of their way, I thought, to get him shots. Kind of reminded me of that all-star game event when they brought out Steph to hit half-court shots for charity. Everybody's getting hyped, like, let's go. We're going to see a guy make 10 straight half-court shots here. It's going to be wild. He started missing. Then they're like, uh, you can take a few more threes if you want. You'll make one of them, right? Like, eventually you're going to hit one of these. Kept missing, and it was like, oh, right. Half-court shots are actually hard to make. Uh, So for me... Last night, I finally felt safe going to bed after the third quarter. (laughs) Steph had three or six threes at that point. Like, now is the time. There's no way he's hitting ten threes in the fourth quarter. But even as I'm walking upstairs, I'm thinking, I'm going to be kicking myself if this guy hits ten threes in the fourth (laughs) quarter against the Blazers. He didn't. He made six. He finished with six in the Warriors' win. So he's nine shy of tying Ray Allen's record. He needs ten to pass. The next chance is against his brother, in Philadelphia on Saturday with Mike Breen on the call. And I checked, there's no Hornets game that day. So Del Curry could also be in attendance if he wants to come and see history go down. Steph has made nine threes four times this season. He hasn't hit 10 yet in a game this year. But 10 is a lot more feasible than 16. Like yeah. we were, ex- yeah. like it was, it was so hyped up yesterday. They were like, oh, he's going to go hit 16 threes. <laughs> like it wasn't even a question until they actually started playing. It was very weird to me. But, uh, I, I think that, that was Steph's doing, though, was it not? Totally. Because he said, like, eh, yeah, I might go for it. I could do it. And <laughs> yeah. then we were like, damn. Huh. I guess like, he could. Oh, oh yeah. I guess he can. <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, well, you lasted longer than I did there, Trey, because I uh, this game was garbage to start. Oh, I mean, Warriors no. couldn't hit a three. <laughs> and I was like, nah, this ain't happening tonight. <laughs> I, don't, I, I feel comfortable going to bed. I went to bed, like, uh, middle of the second quarter. I'm like, he's not breaking it tonight. No, you're right. A part of me, as I shut my eyes, I was like, oh, God, I'm going to regret this, aren't I? He's going to hit 15 in the second half or some crazy shit. But, uh, yeah, it was uh, a, a solid enough victory, of course, from the Warriors. But the record still stands for one more night. Uh, Lee, do you think it you think it happens in Philadelphia? Well, I hope he gets to like eight and then Joel Embiid's like, you're not doing it on me and our team in our city. And Joel Embiid's like, I'm just going to defend this guy now. And, you know, Steph will take that challenge, of course. But <laughs> that's the sort of thing. I mean, you saw that a bit from the Blazers, I think, last night. Chauncey Billups was like, listen, we've been embarrassed and humiliated enough. Let's not just have this guy out there making even more fun of us. We want to make it as difficult as we can. Uh, so they survived that. But uh, that's the sort of thing that you, you know, when's the game against Philadelphia? Sorry, is it on Saturday? Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. Saturday night, is it? Yeah. Oh, National wow. TV, yeah, ABC, free. Yeah. Oh, that's Bang. everything then, isn't it? Yeah, Steph definitely going to go for it. This is uh, it's going to be exciting. I'll be tuning in for that one. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Trey brings up a great point about Breen because that is a flashback to me. Remember when Steph hit that game winner against OKC? That way deep shot. Uh, it was in, uh, 
I think Andre Robertson's face. Anyways, it was it was way back. It was 2016, but it was a ridiculous shot. It was a regular season game, but it was on a Saturday night. Yeah. ABC national TV. Yeah. Does does he wait now that that he didn't hit 16? If you don't do it in Philly, you're not going to do it in Indiana. Then do you wait for Madison Square Garden? I mean, there's no fans in Indiana. You can't. Oh, jeez. Well, there's no. not. They're last. Maybe, maybe they turn up for that. They turn up for the history there. They're like, if they you know don't what? sell out that game, come on. Yeah, because Reggie yeah. Miller. I mean, you know, he was the the leader there for a while. So they've got some three point history there in Indiana. Maybe they oh, turn up. Yeah, maybe Reggie's there. Yeah. And then people are saying here in the stream team. I'd have to crunch the numbers, but uh, could Curry be hitting 3,000 three-pointers made on Christmas Day? <laughs> on Gary Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> on Gary Christmas. <laughs> Who would win a one-on-one, Gary Bird or uh, Steph Curry? Oh, now, see, now, see, at least they're in the same era. So I'll... Oh, okay. <laughs> I think Gary gets my vote still. Yeah, I mean, he plays yeah, defense. He's physical. He's up, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's crappy. So Ray, Ray Allen will be in the building then, wouldn't he, in Philadelphia? He'll, he'll be following him around until he breaks it so they can have that you moment. think so? Yeah, really? of course. I mean, Reggie so Ray was on Allen the call. Allen has to follow him around here for the next three games? I think that so. I, I mean, Reggie was on the call when Ray passed him. So I think that's the thing. It's like, all right, you're going to Philadelphia, right? Be there. All right. <laughs> oh, do you think they stopped the game? Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, not like immediately, but at the next sort of yeah. um, top, there'll be some sort of ceremony for sure. They'll, okay. they'll, well done, Steph. You broke the record. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Why don't they say it a little louder? <laughs> no, it's it's not the road, road game. You're know? not that excited, yeah. yeah. Hey, way to go. <laughs> okay. uh, well, this was a very entertaining finish. Uh, Thunder 110, Raptors 109. Lily, oh, so close for the Toronto Raptors. But uh, I, it was 0.1 second late, the old tip. Yeah. Look, the Raptors nearly stole this game, which is uh, not something we should be saying. But listen, I just want to give a little bit of credit here to the OKC Thunder because since the humiliation of the 73-point loss, they've won two games in a row and come back from double digits both times on the road. Now, Thunder, look, they deserve to be made fun of after losing by that many points to the Grizzlies, but they have fought back and they've showed some real character. And last night, uh, I don't know, Skeetsy, I mean, how do you feel about this? Gilgis Alexander was great, especially in that third quarter. Doherty was great. Josh yeah. Giddy was great. Doherty. Don't call him Doherty. <laughs> Brad Doherty. I, mean, I told you that you had white I everything. Mean, you know, it's Canadians and Australians coming back in Toronto to get the win uh, for, for OKC there. But a wild ending. Uh, Champagny, who hit a gorgeous up and under layup to yeah. give the Raptors the lead late. And then it was the Moose, Mike Muscala, who drilled the dagger there for the Thunder to give them a lead. And then the, the, the Raptors had the play, the last one. Fred went inside, he throws the ball up and Champagne tips it and it looked good. I think they actually originally counted it, but uh, then they waved it off afterwards and so the Raptors go down. But man, all those Canadians and Australians doing it in Toronto, the Raptors had a big lead and blew it. This is a bad loss for Toronto, to be fair. I mean, they should have won this game, but uh, the Thunder, things have changed, man. They're, they're back. The Thunder 2-0 and since the embarrassment. Oh yeah, I think you wanted them relegated. You wanted them uh, investigated I wanted by them the to league. Compete. I wanted you them, wanted to them shut down and banned from yeah. ever playing basketball again. I remember. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the thing is, uh, now obviously Gilgis Alexander and uh, and Giddy didn't play in that and that yeah. lost there to the Grizzlies. But they just you want to see a little bit more competitiveness of like we're getting completely humiliated and they didn't seem to mind. That's my point there. So since then, though, again really have shown some character and some fight. So good on them. And uh, that's, to me, is how the best way to respond. So people go, okay, that was an aberration, uh, that, that, that disaster. Instead, this team is showing some fight now. 
Tess, what'd you think of the Raptors uh third quarter there last night versus OKC? What they what they score? Twelve? Sometimes the offense is uh horrendous, that's what I think. Yeah. 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 And then you just uh I don't know. Do you feel good that it's a rebuilding year? I don't know. It's what this team No more feelings. I don't know. I mean Josh Josh Giddy flew under the radar in this one, just like Xander did in that episode of Survivor last night. How is Xander flying under the radar? I just oh, want to boy. plug your guy's show later on because it's it's unbelievable, this Xander guy. Why doesn't he have a target on his back? He should. You're maybe right. it's maybe it's from the TV perspective, from the from the the, the viewers' perspective that I'm watching right. it though. That's maybe right. nobody maybe else cares about Big X. Yeah, yeah. Right. I get it. I get uh, it. Anyways, did you think he looks tip, like Josh Giddy. Did you think uh, Justin's tip was good last night? Oh, of course. I thought it was too in real time. I was like, yeah. oh yeah. And so I admit, you know, I think I was persuaded by the referees counting it too. You're right, Lee. I was like, damn, that was close. But then you saw the replay, and it was pretty obviously still. In his in his fingers there as the uh, light lit up on the on the scoreboard, but yeah, bad loss from the Raptors. But you're right, Lee. I watched this game when Shea's playing, Dorty as you call him's playing. <laughs> I'm like, I can't lose, especially when they're playing well. I thought Shea Gilgis Alexander's pass to Muscala for the wide open three. I thought that was like a really heads up play too. Like he he drove. You want to see that? Put pressure on the defense. The Raptors just like collapse on him there were like three or four guys around him and i still think in that case he's in his in his home country he's in his home city you just want to be the hero sometimes right like you know try and hit the game winner and he realized there was nothing there he was just bottled up patiently turned around kicked it open to a wide open muscala who splashed it I, I thought that was a really nice play by him or right at least like not to force the action which i think so many people would have done Mm-hmm. Absolutely, especially after that third quarter he had where he was hot and it's like, yeah. it's his team. He has certainly the authority on that team to take that last shot, but yeah. uh, made the right play, so well done. Mike Muscala, I mean, if you're rebuilding, Mike Muscala is exactly the sort of player you want on your team, isn't he? You know, journeyman, veteran, goes out there, but hit the big three last night, the moose. Good on him. The moose, a moose in Canada. Uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even better. It just keeps getting better and better. Moosey. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, he could right. go back to the Lakers. Wasn't he a Laker for a second? If they need, uh, yeah, the Zubac trade, right? Yeah, he um, he could be their center that they get on the cheap because they can't afford Miles Turner or something like that. Yeah, obviously, he could stretch it a little bit. But uh, the Champagne Champagne tweets would have been off awesome if he put it in. One of those rare tweets that uh, tweets. One of those rare tips that's like several feet from the bucket. Like he wasn't yeah, anywhere close. It was like a volleyball tip over the net. All right, our next game here, Nuggets 120, Pelicans 114. It took overtime to get it done, Tass. Nikola Jokic, man. Uh, He continues to be one of the best players in the league, the absolute very best players in the league because he's carrying this team that has nobody uh, that is so shorthanded in their backcourt with Jamal Murray, Michael Porter, P.J. Dozier. But they're at 12-12. and Twelve and twelve, and I bring up that he was one of the best players in the league. And I bring up the other, that he's they're twelve and twelve because they're only one and a half games out of the four spot in the Western Conference. So if this Nikola Jokic, this high tide Jokic that conti- continues to lift these boats of the Nuggets, if he continues to do this, he's got a shot at the MVP. He's still within shouting distance of the table because he's just so good. Thirty nine, eleven, and eleven last night. He was 17 of 23. That's how good he is, and this Nuggets team should not be that good, but that's how spectacular he is. And they should have lost this at the end. They're down five, two minutes left. 
uh, and the Pelicans just couldn't seal it. Jokic, two-man game with Monte Morris, just got it done. And it looked like Jokic would end this game. Talking about game-winning buckets, it looked like Jokic had it. It was tied. He did the sidestep, the old driveway dad jump shot that's not a jump shot. It went in and out. Looked like it was over. Uh, But then he just finished it off. Uh, in overtime, outscoring the Pelicans 11-9 to himself because that's how freaking good he is. Can't wait to see what Logan Roy, I mean Greg Popovich, does against him tonight. Uh, that's going to be a good matchup. Nuggets-Spurs uh, because the Spurs are going to throw like 58 athletic guys at Jokic and uh, he's going to have to pass it to everybody. But again, Monte Morris is their other best scorer. Will Barton chips in. He does. Uh, but uh, they, they're lacking big time and Jokic just carrying this team. Lee, do you enjoy watching a Jokic versus Valanciunas battle? Uh, yes, I do. I mean, uh, yeah, everything is, we we know about Jokic, he's just so fun to watch. He's so soft and delicate with some of those passes, always accurate. But last night it was almost like, I'm the best player out here. I am the MVP and I just have to sort of carry my team. And he did because uh, they, they, you know, I mean, look, Morris and Gordon, you know, you'd like to see those guys step up, especially in a game last night where they should easily beat the Pelicans. But Jokic still had to do most of the heavy lifting there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he those, those little drop-off passes that he does, I mean, you never get sick of watching those where, you know, someone will pass it into the post, he'll hold it up, and the guy will just sort of run back door. And he'll just, he just kind of lets go of it. He doesn't even, like, flick it or push it. He just lets go, and it just drops into the guy, and he goes and lays it up. Never get sick of seeing that stuff. So he's uh, beautiful to watch. I just feel he, he sort of can't win the MVP right now unless the Nuggets somehow get up into that second or third spot in the West. I think there's a couple of guys sort of already spacing the floor uh, the field a little bit there. So don't think he's going to go back-to-back. But uh, certainly he's one of the most fun still to watch in the league. Yeah. All NBA first team, I think, is still a lock for Jokic, even if he can't win MVP again, because they just won't have the victories. I mean, they're 500 right now, which is mm-hmm. like maybe shocking as it is, Trey, for him to to have them at that with all of the uh, injuries and guys out of the lineup. I saw Nate Jones call them the modern-day Larry Bird of all players, <laughs> and it's hard to debate. He's got passes that you're not expecting. He's got incredible touch, and he's money in the clutch. The Nuggets have recovered well here. They lost six straight games, then they had to go on a seven-game road trip. They're 3-2. and two. Five games in. That's pretty solid uh, for a team that really was sputtering there at the end of November. So, yeah, if they turn it around, they get into the top three in the Western Conference. Maybe then you're talking about some MVP votes for Jokic. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. I, yeah, top three, um, which won't be easy to do. Mm-hmm. But, no. yeah, that, that would get – that would. I mean, look, he's still going to get votes. He's going to get second, third, fourth place votes. That's a lock. I mean, he's just that – he's that incredible. Um, but win it, ooh, that'd be tough with uh, – even if they have 40 wins, I just don't see it happening. Yeah, he's got exactly. Yeah, 55 maybe something like that. Uh, three games left. I'll go next here. Kings 142, Magic 130. Not a lot of defense being played in this one. Um, one of my predictions last month when the Kings fired Luke Walton was that Elvin Gentry would get this Kings team in the play-in tournament. Uh, got off to a rough start. Things didn't really change all that much, but. Kings have now won season best third straight, uh, three straight. And you pair that with the Wolves' loss last night, which we'll get to, and the Blazers' loss, and and them obviously trying to, like, come to a decision what the heck they're going to do and who they're going to trade. And you start thinking, ooh, Sacktown could do this here, uh, almost by default. They're 11-14 and right now, and they're tied with Minnesota for the ninth seed. So if the season ended today, they would be in there. Uh, But De'Aaron Fox, he was special in this, 33 points, 12 of 18 shooting. 
Halliburton helped in the fourth quarter and and you know they should beat a Magic team. They're they're one of the worst teams in the league, and they got it done. So Gentry's got them uh, five and three, Lee, since he took over. Uh, again, competition hasn't been all that incredible, but these are the games that the Kings have to win if they are going to be in a play-in tournament, which I guess is their their hope here. Yeah, and uh, De'Aaron Fox, you mentioned the 33 points there on the 12 of 18 shooting. A uh, couple of games, last two of the last three, sort of gotten it together a little bit. So maybe as well, Alvin Gentry's just trying to get him in better positions. But when you put up 142 points, I mean, everyone sort of looks like they have a pretty good game. Adam Silver yeah. was uh, in attendance there last night. Uh, as Tim McMahon on ESPN said, he's really committed to the job. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe it was Adam Silver uh, that was a part of this. I read in the AP report for this game last night. A small but vocal group of fans seated in one corner of the Golden One Center loudly cheered every play made by Orlando backup center Robin Lopez. When Lopez was fouled and went to shoot free throws, the group chanted MVP, MVP. <laughs> I, I want to know who these people are. Uh, I would love to have them on the show and ask them. You know, is it like why? <laughs> why not? Connection, connection to Robin Lopez, longtime fan. Maybe they just thought oh, this will be hilarious. Why don't we just like uh, really lean into this tonight and pretend we're the biggest Robin Lopez fans in the world? I don't know, yeah, any any theories, Tass? Or, or maybe he's deserving in your mind too. <laughs> Um, no, maybe it's some uh, some of the people who work at Disneyland there, see him all the time. Mm. He's the most valuable patron, maybe, at Disneyland, MVP. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's know. possible. It's He's possible. great. You know, you knew he was going to be a, a bit of a fan favorite there in Orlando. With their, even though they have eight centers, Adam Silver uh, goes. What's worse, though, for Adam Silver, watching Orlando, Sacramento, or me watching Detroit, Washington? What's worse? Silver. What's the worst game to watch? Well, at least he's watching live basketball. You're watching yeah, it on your computer exactly. TV. Yeah. yeah, I think I'm worse. You, yeah. Good for Adam. Good for Adam. <laughs> there you go, Adam. Way to get out there. At least you saw Fox, like, living in the paint. He just drove, drove, drove. And if he wasn't finishing right at the rim, he would just, like, stop, spin, you know, a little fadeaway jumper or a little floater and stuff like that. The Magic had, like, no clue how to stop that. But, again, not a lot of defense being played. Cole Anthony scored a ton for the Magic as well. No defense is your type of game, Trey. Mm, no I, you like I a little mean, bit no 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 you're you're right i don't, I don't like defense but uh i was not turning this one on last night mm. i was not pulling a silver and enjoying it okay well what about this one jazz 136 wolves 104 yeah uh, see Skeeps, it was close this was one of the shitty games i was watching last night if you want <laughs> right. exactly one thing from this game the Jazz went 25 of 54 from three-point land. That's the 26th time in league history that a team has hit 25 or more threes in the regular season. Teams are 25-1 and one in those scenarios, so that's the game right there. If you want a second thing, however, Tass mentioned it earlier, it's how the Jazz guarded Carl Anthony Towns. Carl Anthony Towns finished with 22 points on 11 shots. Fine, but not good enough to win for the... Timberwolves, very little impact, especially considering Rudy Gobert got into foul trouble, and Carl Anthony Towns was being guarded by Boyan Bogdanovich for a lot of this one. Post-game, there was some great stuff from Anthony Edwards on how Towns has to attack double teams quickly, how he needs to be the Timberwolves' best player every single night, how it's disrespectful that the Jazz guarded Cat with Bogdanovich. Meanwhile, Patrick Beverly said it proves Gobert cannot be the defensive player of the year 
if he's not guarding the best player on the other team, which is what Patrick Beverly does every single night. Give me more Anthony Edwards and give me way less Patrick Beverly. <laughs> Clown show comments the from Beverly. Fuck, are they talking? You lose like <laughs> you would 32. Think they won, yeah, you would think they oh. won 136, 104. Yeah, like a complete and utter humiliation on your own court. And afterwards, you're saying, these guys can't defend. Shut the fuck up. They should be suspended just for those stupid comments. I mean, I understand if you're bitter and you're hurt, you know, but. <laughs> I mean, you're talking about a three-time defensive player of the year. Maybe he wins it again this year. And sure, everyone, you know, people criticize him from time to time, but you can't come out and be disrespectful of the team that just absolutely smoked you on your home court. That's just... You you just don't respect those sorts of comments, you know. I don't know Patrick Beverly's a bit of a shit starter out there, but, like, Jesus, shut up, you idiot. (laughs) Wow. All right. (laughs) Just really fired up Lee Ellis. What do you think, Tass? Well, yeah, a big difference between Patrick Beverly's comments there and Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards calling out his own guy saying, Carlton Towns, just don't wait for doubles. Go harder. And I wonder uh, how Carl Anthony Towns will take those types of comments made in public. On one hand, I think Anthony Edwards is the type of guy that Tim Rolls absolutely need. They have been struggling for years, just not performing every night. Is Anthony Edwards the kind of guy to rile up a Carl Anthony Towns? Yeah, but on the other hand... I don't know. Maybe guys don't like being called out in public like that. So it was, uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, at the end of the game, they got smacked by 30 friggin' points. And uh, it, it is unfortunate that it comes out in the media and it doesn't happen in the locker room because this Timberwolves team has an opportunity here to be very good. Uh, they, they, I don't know. I hope. I just hope they don't blow it. They've got a couple young building blocks in Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns. And... Uh, uh, Anthony Edwards is absolutely right, um, but uh, I don't know how the locker room is going to gel going forward. Anyways, I love Anthony Edwards. So, yeah, more Anthony Edwards. Uh, I do have a question just sort of back to the Kings, though it's related to the Wolves, where they are in the standings right now. Did we confirm, you know, the, the Kings have the record going. They haven't made the playoffs in, what, 15, 15 seasons? 15, yeah. Is that what it's at? So, if they make the play-in tournament, which I've predicted they will, so they'll play in the ninth, 10th game, and let's say they lose that and they're gone. Streak over? They made the playoffs? Or does it roll over to another season? What, did we ever get the final verdict on that? Like, I, I'm just really keeping I mean, me up it's, at night. It's, it's, it's not the playoffs because they have their own separate stats for the playing tournament. Remember? so. But do you... See, I, I, I'm with you, but I got a weird feeling that they're going to say the streak is over. Like they'll oh, totally. That, that, totally. Yeah, they're playing that, a postseason game. It's a loophole. Count it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a boat. You're right. It's an extra game. It's a. It's yeah, after the 82 have been played. Those, those 83, stats. Eighty three. Eighty three. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. Uh-huh. So, you, don't, uh, you just don't want that. Like you know, thank you, fans, in the newspaper the next day. We made. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> Hang a banner. Yeah. <laughs> Play yeah, in yeah. game 2022. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and yeah, and then aren't they tied right now with the Clippers for the uh, longest drought of uh, not making the playoffs ever? So then, in theory, like the right. Clippers yeah. organization is going to be pissed off and saying, "No, no, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that doesn't yeah, count. Yeah. That you have the record now. Now it's yours. We're clear of it." Oh man, it's going to be a mess. All right, final game. Speaking of the Clippers, they got the victory, one fourteen to one eleven over the Boston Celtics. Tass, uh, take us home. Wrap this last one up here for us. I got you. The Celtics are 500. 
I, I wish that uh, Adam Silver was working on a way to permanently make them 500 because they are a 500 basketball team. That's what they should be the rest of the season. I don't want to see them go up or down uh, because they just are always going to get back to 500. And uh, a man who made them go back to 500 has Boston in his name, Brandon Boston. He is a Clippers rook, second-round pick this year. He dropped 27 off the bench. Uh, he, he's uh, out of Kentucky, and I definitely didn't know, know a lot about him, but he has uh, gone to the G League and come back to the Clippers. And maybe he could be their Terrence Mann of this year to be their spark off the bench because uh, they're just kind of uh, lacking around Paul George a little bit. Obviously, Kawhi is not out or has, is not playing currently, and Paul George has fallen off since the beginning of the year. And then around him, Nicola Batum in and out of the lineup. Reggie Jackson hasn't been himself. Eric Bledsoe's gone from the starting lineup to the bench. So uh, they need somebody. And Brandon Boston came in uh, from uh, from Norcross, Georgia. He is a, a local boy, played mm-hmm. high school ball uh, here in Georgia, and then uh, went to Sierra Canyon to play. Did he play with... Bronny James? No, I guess the timelines don't fit because he would have been gone two years ago. No Bronny there. But anyway, Brandon Boston, uh, just uh, got a spark plug. And Ty Lue is just so good at just plugging guys in there and yeah, 27 points uh, to help the Clippers. But uh, they need help. It's a, it's, a, it's a bit of a hodgepodge season there with the Clippers. Uh, they need they need a little bit more production. But again, they have had a lot of guys in and out of the lineup. And you can never doubt Ty Lue. It's just a freaking good team. So Clippers... Mm-hmm. Trying to go up into the the upper part of the Western Conference standings, but there's just a lot of teams outside those big three of uh, Warriors, Suns, and Jazz. The Jazz are kind of in that group. Then it's just a big clump: Grizzlies, <laughs> Clippers, Lakers, Mavs, and Nuggets. And then and then your play-in tournament teams that are oh, not yeah. allowed to be called the playoffs. <laughs> oh, Get out of here, Get Wolves and here. Kings. Get out of here. Just to bring it full circle, though, with this last game and then back to the first game with the Heat victory, you do see, like, even if you're short guys, if you're a well-coached team and you sort of know what you're doing and the guys have bought into sort of like your system, be it with the Heat and Spolster, obviously a great coach, and then here with Ty Lue in in L.A., you can pull out victories uh, on nights maybe where you shouldn't. And uh, that's what happened with both of these. I didn't set it up that way, guys, but it was like... (laughs) Oh, so beautiful. Uh, final thought, too, with Boston, Brandon Boston, playing well against Boston, 27 points off the bench. Has there ever been, in the history of the NBA, another guy named after a, a city, of course, <laughs> that then played against that city and had more points? That's all I want to know. Get Elias on the phone. That's a tough one. Uh, honestly, the only one I can even think of right now is San Antonio Daniels. Did he ever have a good game against the Spurs? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. He played for the yeah. Spurs, dude. Yeah, he definitely did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, did Utah Watanabe go... ever have a good game against the Jazz? <laughs> no, it's fun. <laughs> like, yeah, if you go through all the city names of NBA teams, like, like, we just don't even have players for these teams. Like, Brooklyn, there's been nobody ever named that, right? Last name, at least. Brooklyn Decker has not played in the NBA. Uh, oh, last name. And then, last name. and then you got Chicago, Milwaukee, Miami, Washington, Philadelphia. Washington. Cle- Washington is a chance. There's been some, a lot of Washingtons. Great call. Uh, there, there must be a... There must there be a wa- Phil out there. Is there a Phil who's <laughs> beaten Philadelphia? Philly Pressy? Uh, there was um, Antonius Cleveland was a Chicago Bull at one point, but a role player. Probably never had a great game against the Cavs. Uh, Houston oh. could be a last name. Yeah. D'Angelo. 
D'Angelo Russell. Houston. Here's a great oh. one from Swish Rivera, who mentioned Allen Houston played against Houston mm. there we in go. the NBA Finals. Great. Yes! Yes! That is what I'm talking about. So, yeah, there's like oh. maybe four or five teams that it's possible, I guess, in terms of that name. Orlando Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson. <laughs> oh, what's Magic Johnson's oh, greatest name ever against uh, the Orlando Magic? That's a great question. <laughs> well, there wasn't not a lot of uh, overlap, really. No, that's true. Not a ton. He was the All-Star Game MVP there in 92 in Orlando. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, we'll, have a, we'll have a full breakdown of this uh, answer uh, on the Drop Podcast tomorrow. Okay, we're going to take one more break Kings. here. Kings one. could be a good one. It's Bernard well, Kings. No, but, no, but King, no, no. Okay, it's, it's not exact. It's not exact. Yeah, it's got to be the city name. Oh, yeah. Okay, when we come back, a fantastic uh, tweet of the night. From TK, he found a great one last night. It's even got some. Uh, well, I was gonna say sot, but it's not sot. It's a vo. So, <laughs> so we'll show you that. Don't go anywhere. I gotta get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang loose hand or a salute, but man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash nodunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash nodunks. This episode of No Dunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? (laughs) You mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Okay, back with no dunks. <laughs> Trey, get your cans on, man. It's time for sorry. The TV just the broke. Night. I gotta go fix it real quick. You just uh, just vamp here a little. You know, I'm gonna go press a button for my for my child. All right, just go to tweet of the night, JD. Mm, tweet of the night. Wow. Twitter. Hey, while we vamp here, while we vamp, uh, quick correction. The person who said uh, Alan Houston played against Houston in the finals, <sighs> he corrected himself. Swish Rivera said he, he wasn't there against the Houston Rockets, but he was there against the Spurs in 1999. Well, that doesn't count. Sorry, Swish, but thanks for correcting yourself. You I remember Alan Houston started with the, the Pistons for a few years, then mm-hmm. he went to the, right. the Knicks. So he missed that finals. He missed that one. I did see somebody point out that uh, Alan Houston averaged like, 17.7 points per game versus the Houston Rockets. So if he averaged that, did he have over, a, you know, over a 25 or 27 
game against them Probably. in his career. Maybe, yeah. maybe. I don't know. We'll have to. We'll have to check. Anyway, great stuff from everybody. Lee, you want to do that list for us tomorrow? Uh sure. <laughs> Question. Man, we'll see. Tune in to tomorrow's uh, draft to see if Lee wanted to actually do it. Off of the just, yeah, I'll see. I'll see what I can uh, rattle up this afternoon. Okay. But, okay. Yeah. So uh, anyway, TV's fixed. Uh, everything's good over there. Trey, tweet of the night. We already played the uh, intro for it. So what do you have? Uh, let me just say something to Netflix CEO of Netflix. If you're watching. If you're on a child's program, you shouldn't pop up the thing that asks them to read, do you want to keep watching? Because guess what? The kid wants to keep watching. No doubt about (laughs) it. With regards to Tweet of the Night, Lee, I'll be honest with you. I started by looking at cricket stuff. Um, Mm. Search The Ashes on Twitter. Saw it come up. (laughs) Apparently a lot of technology problems for The Ashes. The bowlers keep throwing no balls. But they're not being called. Is this a controversy? Well, yeah. So this is uh, this is a never mind. Youth- never mind. Can't, <laughs> can't do it. Cannot do it. I was can't gonna say. Myself. I thought you had to get going. Trey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. You know, uh, whatever, whatever. I, cricket refereeing. We're not doing it. We're not doing I'm it. Barring. Tweet of the night, though, comes from Brian C. Grubb, who tweeted yesterday. I've attempted to answer the question on everyone's mind as we head into the succession season three finale. Do you think cousin Greg can dunk a basketball? I saw this and I did what any basketball sicko with access to the internet would do. Put Nicholas Braun basketball into Google images. I just thought I was going to see him sitting courtside at some games because the guy shows up for a lot of basketball games. Seems to be a fan. And I mean, he's six foot seven. Seems to be pretty fit. He's active uh, in the basketball world. So, yeah, maybe he can dunk. I was shocked to find out that there are Nicholas Braun basketball highlights readily available on the Internet. Apparently, he played for some uh, charity celebrity team called the Hollywood Knights back in 2010. So I pulled uh, the video of him grabbing a huge rebound. Look at him skying here. There he is in the back. Nick Braun. And then he oh, chucks he the ball out to center court uh, to run out the clock. That's some basketball savvy right there. As you would imagine, this got back to Nicholas Braun, and he had to break a two-and-a-half-week Twitter silence to say, damn, this is sick. <laughs> Such a clutch rebound. Oh. I hadn't been on <laughs> yeah. Twitter since November 24th, but he sees himself playing basketball, hops right back on, tosses off a couple of tweets, so I got to ask you guys a question. Can cousin Nicholas Greg... Braun or Larry Bird? <laughs> I'm going Braun. Looks like a better athlete wow. to me. Uh, do you think he can dunk, though? You think cousin Greg can dunk a basketball? Uh, cousin Greg, for those that don't know, is it a is it a show called Succession? It's uh, on HBO. I see some people confused, like who the hell is this guy? Uh, he's yeah. tall. Yeah, he's I think he can. Right? Is he six seven? Yep. Wow. Yeah, six seven. I mean, That's he jumps pretty freaking... well on that rebound. I was like, okay, he's moving out there. I can't believe how many clips I watched of this guy playing basketball, uh, scrutinizing like uh, his warm up tapes. Saw him banking along too. Lee would not have loved that one, but I mean, <laughs> I... If, he's, uh, if he's going out there and playing in public, he's got some confidence in his I, basketball I mean, skills. That's tall, uh, and he's like, he's not old. He's not an old man. Uh, so, yeah, put me down as yes. It's not going to be the flashiest dunk, but I think he could. 
He might make tomorrow's top five as the top as the New York Nicholas Brauns. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Mm. I get it. I get it. I get it. Yeah. I actually prefer I mean, I this from it. Jason Flyers. Like <laughs> Nicholas Lebron. <laughs> Nick Lebron versus mm. Gary Bird. I would love to see it. Uh, second question. Can we get Cousin Greg, actually Nicholas Braun, on No Dunks? You think it's possible? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. You think he's got takes? Well, I don't know. Did he see the question about him dunking? Or no? Did. did he just see the rebound? Seems like he's just a highlight watcher. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, All right. Yeah. Fine. Because I because I would say he would, if if he had some confidence in his game, he would say, "Yeah, I can dunk." He's six foot seven, so uh, I don't know. I go back and forth. You see him on the on Succession, does a great job of playing the the dopey. Ooh, I don't know what I'm doing, guy. And then you see him in these highlights. Yeah, he looks like he's agile, but he's not really defending his position. Position. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so get on no dunks, man. All Let right. us know. First Throw question. We're asking Open him. invite. Yep, for to uh, Nicholas Braun, aka Cousin Greg, from Succession. I do. I would love to see a basketball game now on Succession. Cousin Greg playing Tom. <laughs> be amazing. Oh, that would be awesome. Loser goes to jail for <laughs> twenty five years. <laughs> wow, stakes are high. All right, great tweet of the night. Great, uh, great content there, and very funny that uh, uh, Braun himself tweeting back at you. Damn, this is sick. It's tough not to read it in uh, Cousin Greg's voice too. That's a. Uh, that's the beauty of it. Okay, pick them results from last night. Jazz, Wolves. Uh, Utah was favored by eight and a half. That's okay. They covered that quite handily in the end. It's brought to you by BetMGM, of course. So that was a win for Trey. He's the only one to take Utah in the big cover there. He goes to five and one in December. Tass falls to three and three. He's 500, just like in Celtics. And, uh, well, me and Lee are one and five. Uh, my flip a coin uh, system is 0 and 2. It turns out I'm better than the coin. I, I've actually at least got one right. Um, but what's tonight's game, Tass? Where are we going? Three games this evening. Utah against Philadelphia. I mentioned it earlier. Looking forward to Rudy versus Joel Embiid, both playing at the peak of their powers, no matter what Patrick Beverly is saying. And Philadelphia get a little bit of a cushion at home, a three and a half point underdog there. So Philly just has to lose by three or less. And that's why we are absolutely splitsville on this one. Trey and Lee are taking the Utah Jazz, myself and Skeets on the Philadelphia 76ers. Why do you think they're going to cover their Skeets? coin told me the coin's oh. got to be right in one of these points <laughs> i mean uh, it has to it's just like it has to accidentally become a victory for me thanks to this coin uh i, I don't know i mean the jazz are awesome but you know back-to-back situation for both of these teams that will probably come into play i'm excited for the Embiid versus gobert though i just wanted to say we keep talking gobert 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 with the jazz and uh ho-hum donovan mitchell over his last four games is averaging 34 points per game with like five assists and a couple boards and he's shooting you know 43 percent from deep on a ton of attempts like over 10 attempts per game 58 percent overall from the floor he is i mean I'm, he's just incredible and he has these weeks where he does this and he wins a player of the week and that's great and all but overall he's overlooked um he is he just is and i i've said i'm guilty of it as well but watch him go for another 35 tonight or 40 like that so that'll help you guys so. Who knows? Coin says Philly. So Philly guards. <laughs> Philly guards a good matchup. That's why I'm looking forward yeah. to that. Please sick them on uh, on Donovan Mitchell. Uh, but yeah, will be a will be a fun one. Should hopefully be a close one. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, no idea if this is true. We're just taking Ben's word in the stream team here. Gobert is two and five against Embiid. 
Oh yeah, I was just gonna. Sounds say. right. Yeah, See, it does. I looked it. it I looked it up today. I thought uh, I thought it was two and four, four and two, but oh. who knows? Who knows what these stats? Anyways, uh, uh, I think uh, Greg Popovich is coaching tonight. I said he was Roy Logan. He can jump in and uh, coach that uh, succession basketball game. Roy Logan? He's not gonna play. I, I just I see Greg and I see Roy. Just be, just be careful with your spoilers here, everybody. You already pissed off people, Tats, with your uh, Survivor uh, comments early on. He, I didn't reveal anything. Well, I know, but you say say one person's name and it gets everybody all fired up that haven't watched it yet. But anyway, join us for No Buffs, our Survivor podcast, which has its own YouTube feed, its own podcast feed. 5.30 p.m. Eastern, tonight, today, whatever you want to call it. Jason Concepcion will be joining Trey and I, no JD on this one. JD, what? I can't, what? What's going on here? We've reached the end of the Survivor season, and you're not going to be able to make this one. Yeah, I'm out. I'm just out. <laughs> oh, it's a good time, to, it's get good time to get out. Great time to get out. Uh, no, my wife's out of town, so I've got to be. I'm in single dad mode, and I got mm. kids with uh, drum lessons and rehearsals and an actual show. So yeah, I'm gonna. I'm going to miss tonight's, and I might actually miss the finale as well. No. I'm going to no, watch it, no, obviously, no. but, uh, yeah, I don't know what to, I don't know what to do. I'm, uh, there's only so many hours in a day, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Come on. You can't miss the finale. we got to figure out a, a workaround for that. Yeah. Tonight, that's fine. That makes sense. Let, let's figure something out for next week. Uh, okay. So, anyway, that's no buffs. Later today. Email us your NBA questions, nodunksattheathletic.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, at nodunksinc. Grab yourself an athletic subscription. Go to theathletic.com slash nodunks. And uh, Lee, don't, please don't get into the officiating of it all, but uh, how's your team doing in the ashes? Good, another good day for Australia? Outstanding day for Australia. Yes. Good. We'll talk about it more on the Drop Podcast, I'm sure. <laughs> Join us live at 10 a.m. Eastern here on YouTube. Until then, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, as old friend of the program, Garth Brooks likes to sing, Well, I've got... No, no, no. I'm sorry. Well, I've got kids with the drum lessons. <laughs> Damn it. Really effed that one up. Sorry, Garth. Uh, embrace the day, people. <laughs> As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.